The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 171. Florida and Georgia rank first and second in states most likely to give you a speeding ticket, whereas Wyoming and Montana are the least likely. Hey, I know this from personal experience. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and today's show is part two of my interview with Jason Vitug, founder of Frugal.com. And if you missed part one, you're going to want to go and check that out because Jason has some incredible advice and stories to tell in part one. We touch on why and how he left the job that he actually liked how he learned more about himself in one year traveling than he ever imagined, how much his year-long round-the-world trip cost, and yes, that number will surprise you, I guarantee that, and even how he became royalty. So if you haven't listened to part one, you can go and get that on iTunes, on Stitcher, you can get that at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods, or any other way that you are listening to this podcast. But for now... Let's jump right into part two of my interview with Jason Vitug, founder of Frugal.com. Yeah, and we're going to get into some other travel tips and tricks too. I want to hit on, because you just talked about your world is personal finance, and we, and we threw out the Frugal, uh, the really cool named website that you have. So let's talk a little bit about that because a lot of times people see personal finances like dry, boring, oh, let's roll our eyes. Someone's telling me what I should do with my money or how I should do it. But if people have listened to this podcast enough, they know I'm very adamant on on it being a way to travel more. Like it's a means to an end. Let's figure this out and let's do it. You've kind of flipped that boring topic on its head with Frugal, starting with the name. So tell us a little bit about how the name came about. Well, the name the name started because um, I think everyone was throwing out the word frugal because that became something really hot uh, hot topic and and so when I came back from my, my my backpacking trip, I knew I wanted to do something in personal finance, empower people through knowledge. It was really thinking, oh wow, I could do something with the word frugal, and I thought F R U G A L. I could easily type that in, and that would be available. That's my how naive I was. <laughs> Welcome um, to the internet in twenty. 20- <laughs> 12 or 2013. <laughs> Nothing's available. Yeah. And, and so I go and I, I, I enjoy eating food. And I thought one day I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do a foodie blog, um, but with a pH. And, and then so that was kind of like my thought. So I was on the road and then it just merged uh, the word frugal. And I said, I could spell it pretty funky. And that ended up being P-H-R-O-O-G-A-L. And so I was on the side of the road and I I, I typed it in. I'm like, oh, it's available. I went and I registered that that domain name without even having an idea what I was going to do with it. But I'm like, that's it. And for those of you that are are out there trying to check out uh, Frugal, it's 
part of that is is like I was um, we have two O's in this in our in our logo and they look like eyes to me just staring at you and then so I decided when I drew the logo I put a, a smile underneath the two eyes and just to remind and and that's kind of like jumping into that dream lifestyle I call it the smile lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, and if you guys can't see it, unless you're on Periscope somehow, because <laughs> I don't know how Periscope really works, Jason's actually wearing a logo of the shirt on. So it's fun because right on above the breast pocket on the left-hand side, you've got the logo. And so this whole time, I'm just looking at your smile logo as we're interviewing, which is really cool. And and I love the idea of the domain registration because I feel the same way. It's It's such a rush to find a domain that exists, then I'm like, I better get this right now or somehow GoDaddy's going to tell the world that it exists and someone's going to sneak it out from under me. So really cool. Explain how Frugal then works. Like, you know, it's a personal financial empowerment website, but how does it actually work? Yeah, so we crowdsource uh, and curate financial uh, information. So what that means is that we're taking your knowledge. So we all have bits and pieces of information when it comes to personal finance, how to budget, what types of credit cards to use. And I mean, they're spread out all over the internet. And so our goal and our vision is to aggregate and index all that information and place it in a platform that's easier to surf through. And so some have called us the, the Google of personal finance. Um, and, and so that's kind of one of the challenges and the pain points that we want to, to solve. Because when you go on Google and you try to search for information on personal finance, you're going to get millions of results. And, and they're, they're mostly search engine optimized or, or advertised links. And you're not necessarily finding the most relevant and reliable information. And so we said, well, let's go and, and crowdsource from vetted financial educators, advisors, personal finance bloggers, or experts in general, and get their information. And so our database, our Q&A database, has grown to over 12,000 questions and answers that are sourced through partners as well as people who are willing to share their info. And we want to focus on bite-sized information because there's just so much info out there. Finance is boring, it's not sexy, and we don't have a lot of time when it comes to it until it's absolutely necessary. And we're in that, we're in that age in our society where um, give me bite-sized info and I will look into it a bit further. And, and so that's what we do. So our information is bite-sized information to get your interest and to excite you to learn more and do a deeper dive, deeper research on that particular topic. Yeah, I think that's so important because it's like, you know, you Google something, you want an answer and you want it right away. You know, how many years should I get for a mortgage or something like that, right? And I don't want a 40-page article about how mortgage rates have changed over the years. Like, just give me the answer. And that's really cool because you're saying like, here's the answer. And then if you want more, sure, go get it. And that's, and that's what we've started doing too, because we realized the internet age, you know, we, we know how to find more info if we want it. And so with our videos, it's like, here's the top 10 things to do on this in under two minutes. If you want to know more about the Louvre, you can go on Wikipedia, right? <laughs> no, you're, you're right. And, and, and a lot of it too, it's like, so we grew up in the, the internet age and we do a lot of searches and, and people do search, but we also, we're, we're now at the age of social media where information is being pushed out to us through all these channels, through our Facebook feeds, Twitter feeds, um, Periscope. I mean, th- information is being pushed out, but imagine a 40-page 
thesis on how the budget being pushed out to you. I mean, it, it's just not going to draw anyone's attention. And so we look at it and we say, well, let's simplify it and push out these bite-sized info. So we're really active on social. And, and that's where we get a lot of our engagement is through our social channels because we're going to go and pique your interest. And, and hopefully that gets you to, to research a bit more later on. And we do this on a constant stream because, as I mentioned again, we're so used to now being having information pushed onto us uh, that if it's not in front of our face at the right time, we're not going to use that info. And with financial education, it's sort of like how do you make the best decision, especially like if you want to travel and you want to apply for that, that rewards travel credit card. It's like you want to make that decision today. And so you're going to research, but maybe that you're, you're still on the, on the fence and you happen to scroll through a, a Twitter feed or a Facebook feed and you see a very short synopsis on the best travel rewards card and that connects to a, a goal or a bucket list that you want to do and then boom, you, you go on to the next step. Yeah, being concise, not one of my strengths, although we're working on it. But yeah, I think that's so in, important, especially with the social interaction. So like people can come on and ask questions, correct? And then how do you find the answers? Are people answering it? Are you getting the cure? Like, are you finding the articles, curating it yourself and giving it to them? Yeah, there's a number of ways. So we do have, uh, we do have people uh, answering the questions and we curate those answers to make sure they are legitimate, reliable uh, to that particular question. So any one of our users or any visitors can add their own question into the database, uh, but the majority of them want that quick answer. So they're not going to wait for an answer to, uh, to populate. And so what we do as well is that uh, uh, we're able to give them answers through our blogs or through directly through one of our partners. So we do have partners with financial educators advisors, even travel experts that go ahead and say, okay, I'm going to put in my two cents on there. And then so we do have those relationships that provide the, the content uh, or the answers for those questions. Yeah, that's really, really neat. And one of the cool things about Frugal is you, you have a list of five tenants of like what Frugal's about or what a frugie is because you have people who come to Frugal called frugies. And it's so incredible because as I'm reading through it, when I first saw it, I'm like, if I wrote my five like personal finance slash life dream lifestyle tenants, these would be on it. Like this would be it. So let's like run through them. I kind of want to hit them because I think they're so important and they're they're really like we said before concise. And let's talk about them a little bit. The first one you have is is value. You know, one of the things for the smile lifestyle is valuing time more than money. An important concept that a lot of people get wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, our most valuable asset is our time. The time that you spend with family, the time you spend with friends, the time that you're spending working, <laughs> we start thinking about, okay, we need more money, we need more money. And at the end of the day, I mean, you can make more money. You, you, you spend money, you can make more money. But with time, that's it. Once it's spent, you can't make more of it. And right, you're never going to be 28 again once you turn 29 or, or you know, so on down the road. Correct. Correct. So it is important. And it's, it's valuing. And, and a lot of us, too, we exchange our time for money. And, and so it's, it's sort of like we have this, and I go, and I want people to start thinking them differently, um, that time is separate from money and time is more valuable. And so that is the number one tenant. Yeah. And I think that goes with what, what tenant five is living your dream lifestyle. A lot of times, I mean, you can do it when you trade time for money. Like, Hey, I have a regular job. I put in my hours, I make this amount. But what we try to teach and a lot of stuff we do with a paradise pack, an extra pack of peanuts is your dream lifestyle and it's defined differently for other people, but it is 
that freedom of time and that that freedom of location at times as well and things like that and and the best way to figure that out is to create stuff that will last that then frees up your time so you're not going into a job but you're creating something people love and then I could be sitting on the beach and oh someone buys frequent fire boot camp I created it before so I did put the time in it's not like hey someone give me money for nothing but it's I put it in before and that can live on in its own way and you don't have to trade that time for money which I think is such an important delineation that that people don't really understand. Yeah, I mean one of the things that one of the the, the words that popped popped out was that word create. It, it's so powerful. We're in this world of consumption. So we're consuming and we're taught to consume. And, and I mean, we have technological obsolescence so we can consume another piece of technology and, and things like that. And, but the act of creation is, is kind of when we're truest and, and the most happiest. And so when you're creating a product or you're creating a lifestyle or you're creating something that lasts so much longer, your, your level of happiness increases. And that kind of goes into that tenant number two, that creating memories with family and friends because um, it's not just not partaking with the experiences, but creating them and, and creating those experiences. Yeah, I think that it when you start creating stuff, whether that is for something that then becomes a business or whether you're playing the guitar, creating your own song, whatever it is, when you can dive into that creative ability that we all have and it it manifests itself in so many different ways. I can't play the guitar to save my life, but hey, I can create a a frequent fire book that's going to help people travel the world. So it's like, it's not necessarily always these quote unquote artistic things. I mean, I think when people hear creative, they think artistic and painting and dancing and all that. It's actually just saying like, I'm going to do something that that's going to pull that out of me and, and something that's longer lasting than a simple, I'm going to go into a job and do something. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it lasts longer. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the key part. <laughs> <laughs> tenant three. Uh, this is an interesting one. Tenant three is building wealth with money. Explain that a little bit. That kind of goes with the concept of time. It's like we, we assume that the, in order for us to build wealth, we have to exchange our time for money. So we have to find a job that pays more. So yeah, we're making $50,000 a year today. I need to make six figures at a, my next job in order for me to build wealth. And, and the key is uh, that for most of the wealthy people out there in the world is that they've learned that the secret isn't exchanging time for money. It's using money to make money, and that's through investments, and that's through savings. And it's, it's one of the key things. It's that if, you're, if you haven't saved money, begin to, to save money. Put some of those funds into the market and get educated in, in how the market works. And that's how. It's through accumulation of savings interest. It's the returns you get from these investments in the stock market. That's how you, you build wealth and uh, with money. And so, so when we talk about freeing up your time, um, that's how you free up your time. So now if you have, if you have uh, an investment that's yielding a return of, uh, let's say, $30,000, I mean, that's a lot a year, you could live off of just those returns um, and not have to exchange your time at a workplace in order to get money. Yeah, use the money you have, even if it's a little amount. I think a lot of people, myself included, get caught up with, yeah, I'm going to start dabbling in the market. I'm going to start saving when I have a lot, you know, when I have enough to make a difference. 
you forget that, I mean, we don't want to get too nerdy, but with compounding interest and stuff like that, it's not even the amount you're putting in, it's when you're putting it in. And heck, if I had started putting it in when I was 18, I'd be much happier now than when I start putting in when I'm 31. It is a completely different way of thinking. And I am 32. I said 31. I'm, geez, I'm giving myself a <laughs> year. But I, I really think that's important. And number four, I like is spending consciously, but not penny pinching. And that's something for me that's very hard to do because I am super frugal with an F. Talk a little bit about this because I could talk about my own experience forever, but I've had to learn that there's a difference between being frugal and, and yeah, like being miserly. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely be- difference between being frugal and being cheap. <laughs> and, right. uh, and people confuse the two. Uh, but this like spending consciously and not penny pinching and, and because like there's this mentality that we have to cut every single um, awesome things out of our life. Like if you enjoy that Starbucks coffee and it costs you $4 and you say, okay, well, I need to penny pinch and cut that out and that makes you miserable for the rest of the day. I mean, that, that, that's no good <laughs> at all whatsoever. And so I promote spending consciously. It's, it's financial awareness. It's, it's knowing that that $4 or $5 coffee per day brings a sort of happiness uh, into your life. And that might sound ridiculous, but some, we are creatures of habit and, and, um, and comfort. And so if that brings you comfort and that's part of your daily routine, figure out how that, that could be factored into your budget. And, and that's, that's really a key goal, and that's part of spending consciously. So, yes, you might not spend uh, $10 at a, you know, for a, uh, an alcoholic beverage at the end of the evening because consciously uh, what's important to you is that morning coffee at Starbucks. And, and that is one of the key differences. I always look at it, and, and I have these tiers of focusing your, your spending on things you love, then need, then want, then like. Um, so like is really at the bottom piece. And, and so that's the conscious spending. It's spending on love because here we are, we go and, and I have a friend who, who stayed with me early, uh, a while back that I am fortunate that I get to travel the world and that he hasn't traveled in the last two years. And he goes, yo, you're so lucky. You, you have the life that I want to live. I pointed to his new Mercedes Benz and I said, his $80,000 car, and I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's seven <laughs> years of travel, right? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, that's awesome that you have a car. I do not own a vehicle. I use public transportation and my feet and a pedal bike to get from one place to another because I made those choices. And, and I mean, I too owned a BMW. I mean, I'm a BMW fanatic, but I realized that what I enjoyed more was, was traveling and that freedom, and, and I didn't need the fancy, expensive car that's kind of an example of like that spending consciously. It's if you truly want to travel and explore the world and have these amazing experiences, look at your purchasing habits. How are they taking you away from that dream lifestyle you state you want to live? Yeah. Being aware. You're right. It, it's, I mean, Heather would tell you differently, my wife, because I always get on her for spending four or five bucks at Starbucks, especially when <laughs> we're like in Thailand. But it, it is about being aware at how much that's costing you. And if it's worth it to you, then go for it. And maybe that means cutting somewhere else, but it's the awareness and then it's the priorities. You know, if you don't care about travel at all, you're probably not listening to this podcast, but maybe you only care about having Starbucks and you go three times a day and that's okay. But it is, it's like saying, I'm going to make this decision, as you said, consciously. And I, I, the, the tier system is so, that's eye opening to me. I mean, it seems really simple, 
But it's something that if I sat down and wrote it all down, I mean, you really then start to get a, a feeling of what it is that that you do want to do, you know, that you do love versus like versus need versus want. We had uh, Chris Gelbo come on the show a while back, and this comes up a lot because it's so important. He, he gave us the $10 rule, and he said, you know, when I'm traveling, if something costs under $10 and it's going to make my life much better at that moment— I spend it without thinking. And again, a frugal traveler. And I think that's so important because for so long, I pinched every penny. Like, no way. I can't spend on it. The example I give is there was an $8 deck of playing cards in Thailand. Why $8? I have no idea. But we're on Koh Lanta. There's one shop that has them. And, you know, we wanted to play cards. And that was the first time I used the $10 rule. And I said, you know what? This is ridiculous. But we're going to have these cards for the rest of the trip. We're taking all these long bus rides, and it was well worth it. And it just sometimes you have to do that, and you have to be aware of it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly it. And I mean, I, I love that rule. <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect rule because like, it's also a decision you don't need to make and, and, and blabber the point. It goes, okay, well, it's this. It's like you have that rule. If it's under 10, you're traveling, go ahead and, 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 and get it. Um, so that, I, that $10 rule, uh, rules. <laughs> yeah. And you can scale it. You know, people have said to me, well, I'm really budget traveler. I'm like, okay, scale it to $5, scale it to $3, whatever it is. I mean, I wouldn't scale it more than 10 because then you're, you know, you could say, oh, a hundred dollar rule. Let's go have a steak dinner. Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's a mindset shift and you do a, a good job with, with teaching that at frugal. It's the mindset and it's the awareness. And Speaking of travel, you've got this this crazy, crazy plan. And we talked about going slow, which is funny because <laughs> now we're going to transition into the not slow travel. I always say, do as I say, not as I do, because I talk about slow travel and then hit up like five countries in 10 days or something. But during the month of June, you're combining your, your love of travel and personal finance perfectly. Tell people about the frugal road to financial wellness, the 2015 tour, because a lot of people listening might get to see you actually come through their city or area. Yeah, so I wanted to do something pretty epic uh, this this summer uh, that combined my love of personal finance and my love of travel, and and so what a better way than to than to do this than through a road trip. Um, so the road to financial wellness, it's a, a local grassroots and social media experiment. Uh, my team and I were were uh, driving ten thousand miles, zigzagging across the country. Um, our mission is to participate in 30 events in 30 locations in 30 days. Um, it starts on June 1st in Portland, Maine. We end in Los Angeles, California. We've partnered with a, a host of organizations, nonprofits, credit unions. It's just going to be a really awesome experience. And, and I do hope some of the, uh, the listeners will, will, be, will have a chance to meet and say, yeah, I, I heard you on Travis' show and, and I wanted to meet you. So we have that information on the website and, and we're, we're constantly updating that, that info as well on the locations that we'll, we will physically be in. Yeah, and you can go to frugal.com slash road to get that. Of course, we'll link that in the show notes. Is it beneficial for them, because you said you've done a lot of social media stuff, to follow you on social media? Will you be releasing kind of dates or, or here's the location for this type of places on social media as well? Yeah, so this is a, a big social media push, and we will be sharing all that information through social. So we definitely want people to, to follow us on at Frugal on Twitter, like us on the Facebook page, as well as follow us on Instagram and, and Periscope. So we'll be pushing out information uh, on a 24-hour stream 
and also it'll be fun because uh, as we're taping this through Periscope, we'll be doing the exact same thing. You'll have the opportunity to 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 see us on the road while we're we're driving from one place to another. Ask us questions. So it'll be a lot of interesting stuff. Give us the logistics of it. What are you guys driving in? How many of you are going? What's kind of the plan for where you're staying? Things like that. So we are, there is a, a team of five, including myself. Um, we're driving in a 2015 Dodge Caravan. We'll have a limited space. Uh, we'll be staying uh, with friends. Uh, we'll be staying at Airbnbs as well as some couch surfing folks that wanted to be part of this epic journey. So we're kind of integrating all this because this isn't just about money conversations and personal finance, we want to integrate the lifestyle aspect of it. So while we're traveling to these locations, we're going to be experiencing the lifestyles and the attraction. So you'll see us going up on a hot air balloon, talking about financial hopes and dreams. We're going to spelunk down the cave and talk about money pitfalls to avoid, and we'll go hiking. So you'll see some awesome spots around the country. Um, you might also see us doing a brewery tour and talking about how if beer is important to you, how do you put that into the budget? So it's going to be a really interesting endeavor and a first attempt to truly connect financial education into achieving your lifestyle and your dream. So it's it's going to be impactful. It's going to be engaging. And it's going to be a constant... Uh, it's going to uh, be tiring. Cra- it's going to be <laughs> stressful. And it's going to be awesome, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, you follow us, you'll, you'll get a peek on the behind the scenes of what, what it's like to be on the road for 30 days. Yeah, that's absolutely insane. If you guys go to frugal.com slash road, I mean, I'm just looking at the list of places now. I mean, you know, places that everyone knows, New York City, Philadelphia, you know, Jacksonville, Dallas, and then there's, you know, Cheyenne, Wyoming, um, Missoula, Montana, you know, so it's a really cool, eclectic mix of places that that you guys will be going and I really if you if you guys do want to get out and meet Jason and you do go to one of the meetups let him know that you that you heard about it here on the Epop podcast that's just cool I mean just bringing these people together is is so neat and it's cool because you're you're having like real life conversations about real life stuff. Like I love the example you gave about the beer. Hey, you want to drink beer, you like going to breweries, you like craft beers, here's how to build it in your budget. So you're taking these big picture umbrella things and saying like, here's how to actually implement it in a realistic way. Absolutely. And that's what's important. I think that's what's missing in in today's financial education, financial literacy efforts, is that we tell you to save, save, save. I mean, save for what? (laughs) And so we're going to say, well, save for the things that you love, that that brings joy and happiness. And and so, I mean, you promote that dream lifestyle. I mean, the dream lifestyle isn't just this this vision. It's It's a conglomeration of many things that we love. And, and so that's what we want to talk about. And so we will be integrating those really cool spots. And, and I'd love, I really love for the listeners to come and meet with us and let me know that you heard me on this, on this podcast. And <laughs> I am trying to get to the Philly one, guys. I'm not sure when this podcast will air, if it's before June 6th and you live in Philly, because a lot of you have been telling me to do a meetup in Philly. I'll be trying to, or June 5th is when you guys are there. I'll be trying to get to that one. And just a really, really neat idea, Jason. Do you have any thoughts going into it? Because I love asking this kind of about travel and these big epic plans. What do you think is like, what's your biggest concern? I'm not going to say fear because you know it's going to be fun. What's the biggest concern you have going into it? Is it, oh my gosh, how am I going to be around these same four other people for 30 days? Is it the van breaking down? Is it where you're going to get Wi-Fi? What are the like things in your head that you're like, all right, is this going to work? 
Um, no, I, I, I don't have anything specific. I just keep telling myself, I'm like, what possessed me to, uh, to, uh, to have this goal of going through 30 different locations in 30 days? I think that has been a running theme because um, uh, we put out the goal. And I'm like, I set out the goal. I have my vision. Now we need to make sure that we achieve it. Um, but I mean, aside from that too, I mean, I have contingency in an event that the the uh, van breaks down, and and like my team and I were spending a lot of time together to make sure that that uh, that we're comfortable, and and so we have those conversations that it's it's a bit different when you're traveling uh, with someone for a week and you're at a hotel versus being in a car for majority of the time and and spending time at close quarters and and that. Those definitely, you'll learn a lot about yourself. So those are the conversations we're having with the team. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I can, I'm excited to follow along on your journey. And obviously, this this whole thing is wrapped up with travel. I want to ask you a few of the your favorite places that you've been. And you know, I get some brushback from people saying like, "Oh, I can never pick a favorite place." But to me, it's like there are some things that come to the top of your head. I'm sure, and I'm like, "What are some of the favorite places you've been? What are some of those places for you?" Uh, around the world, around the country, around any, <laughs> wherever you've traveled, because I just had someone on the other day who said Southern Utah, and he's been like all over the world. Oh. And it shocked me, right? But it was, uh, yeah, where, and I don't know if this podcast is going to come out before that one. So, hey, surprise. Um, what are some of the uh, the favorite places that you've been? Yeah, anywhere. Um, I mean, like uh, a very unique place, as I mentioned, Myanmar. Uh, yeah. So that was a very unique for me. And it's, it's, it's like one of the places I definitely want to go back. It's because it was untouched and there's so many things uh, to do there. And it felt like traveling back in time when I went there. So that was definitely a really unique place uh, to visit. Uh, the Philippines, just with the islands. And if you wanted to relax and just be left alone and, and just there's, there's 7,000 islands. So there's, there's a lot to choose from. That definitely was one of the, the top choices. And, and like on like the, the, the third piece would be Southern Utah. <laughs> so, really? <yeah>. Wow. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, um, also from New Jersey, the guy who said Southern Utah. So there's some sort of connection here. Yeah, it's just uh, I I have never thought I needed to visit Southern Utah, and I've been to Southern Utah back in like two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, right before I went to uh, to live to California, and it was just amazing. I mean, like I still remember the the color of the red rocks on the cliff sides, and it was just. I mean, I would have never thought I would stare at rocks <laughs> and like mountainside, but it's just it's so beautiful. I I love to hike, and I was able to do that uh, Mount Zion and. And just like Southern Utah. So that's one of the places I'm also excited to revisit on this road trip. Really cool. Yeah. Stefan from Bluffworks. Same answer. As I said, also from New Jersey. There must be something in the water in New Jersey that makes you guys <laughs> want to then go to Southern Utah. I guess it's a place I have to go. I'm sitting here in Boulder, Colorado. I'm, I'm almost there, right? So <laughs> what about some of your, are there any places that you've been? Because this is an interesting question that I don't think people think about a lot because they think they're going to love everywhere they go. So are there any places that you've been that you haven't particularly liked or liked less than kind of your thought, like you were going to go there and you're really amped up and you're like, uh, it doesn't really meet my expectations? Yeah, since I didn't have much of an expectation when like I was traveling around the, 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 the backpacking trip, but um, I want to say Tijuana, Mexico. <laughs> so, I mean, I've heard stories and then when I went... 
I was scared. <laughs> I was so scared. And, and I mean, I grew up in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, it's the third largest city in New Jersey and, and it's an inner city. And so I thought I, I'm, I'm ready for anything. And then Tijuana, I was just not prepared. And, and I think I stayed. I was like, I can't be here. I, I left within like three, three hours. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, <laughs> sometimes that happens. And, and, and the reason I asked the question is because a lot of people do say, I get this a lot, Trav, what happens when I don't like a place as much as I thought? Like, is that okay? And I say, yeah, it, it's it's not only okay, it's bound to happen. Like, there's going to be, if, if some places blow away your expectations and are absolutely amazing, like Myanmar was for us, although it was also really, really hard traveling, you know, there's going to be places that you go to. Like, for us, it was Penang, Malaysia. We were like, we heard everyone loved it. Everyone. I didn't know a single person who ever said they didn't like it. And we went and it just didn't do it for us. And, you know, some of that's because it rained for all five days and things like that. But I just think it's okay if you have, if you don't have the best time of your life everywhere you go, because then it wouldn't be the best time of your life when it was the best time, if that makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense. I mean, like even thinking back to, I mean, everyone told me about Singapore, like, oh, you're going to love Singapore. And um, I thought I would stay there for a couple of days because um, it's just, it's a city principality. So, I mean, I was there for like 24 hours. Um, I did everything I can and I'm like, yeah, I'm not staying. It's a city and it's expensive. I'm, I'm, it's expensive. And so you're right. I mean, at the, the end of the day, it's there are things that you're going to love and things that, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you can get value out of any of those places, but it is, yeah, there's places that stick in your mind as being great. And then there's going to be places that, that might not be up to your expectations. Our goal, and this is right in line with your goal at frugal is to help people travel more while spending less, you know, being conscious of what you're spending on. So for example, I love eating. I know you mentioned it too. I don't have a problem. I I usually think stuff tastes better if it's cheap because it's just in my head. I'm like, this is even amazing, but I don't have a problem like, Hey, saying I'm going to spend some money on eating because that's what I want to do when I travel. But what are some of the best tips that you have to help people travel more, but spend less? Um, not one big tip. And I learned this is not to be afraid to eat street food and eat at the markets. Um, I mean, I was scared and, and so I would go to restaurants and and things like that. But then, I mean, I, as long as you stayed away from the water, uh, uh, the street food is, is amazing. I mean, you really get authentic, um, food and at a fraction of the cost. Um, and so, uh, that, that definitely is one of the, the major tip and i mean excuse me like if you end up getting sick at, at that but um uh yeah so that's one thing so really consider eating um uh, the local fair street food and and asking other travelers about the best places to eat and it's not necessarily a sit down restaurant it could be out on the out on the street um have have travel alerts if if you're looking at backpacking and exploring a bit and you have some free time set up travel alerts with uh with local airlines that that are within that region and that's how i also ha- planned my itinerary i used air asia and when they had a a fair sale of like $9 to someplace, I would book it. It was $9. And so those alerts truly helped me. And also in terms of lodging, um, consider couch surfing and as an alternative way of, of spending and even vary your lodging preferences. I mean, I stayed with uh, I stayed through couch surfing. I went through hostels, guest houses. I also stayed at five five-star resorts because there is a point you're like, okay, I want to like pamper myself, which is fine. Consciously spending on it. 
Absolutely. Since I saved in all those other pieces. But yeah, you can vary it up. So those who are thinking, I want to travel and I don't have the money to do this because lodging is, is expensive, but I don't want to stay at a hostel. You can change it up. I mean, one day, stay at a hostel, two days, maybe at a, a smaller guest house and then go into working yourself into a, um, into a five-star resort and you will, you'll find that you'll save money that way. Yeah, you hit on the three big points, which is airfare, obviously accommodations and food. And we've we've touched on them in, in other podcast guides. So if you're interested, we actually even just put a post up on the site, 18 ways to eat cheap, safe and well. You, you, you might get sick. It does happen. I got sick in Myanmar, speaking of Myanmar. And, but we did a post on that and there's plenty of stuff on there. I, I will second what you said, Jason, with Air Asia and budget airlines in general. There's a podcast that we did all about how to find budget airlines, how to use them, what to expect. It's it's so amazing the amount of places, especially in Asia with Air Asia, uh, Europe and Ryanair and EasyJet and and then just the little tiny ones like around the world. Like I've ridden on one called Smart Wings, which I didn't know existed before I booked the ticket. But you can get cheap airfare, especially in those areas that we mentioned. So awesome, awesome tips. One of my favorite questions to ask guests on the show is about their travel mistakes or mishaps. Um, because a lot of people think, all right, Jason, he did, you know, 12 months, he's, he's a seasoned traveler. Now he's doing this 30 day trip, but I feel like the more that I travel, the more careless I get. And usually it ends up pretty harmless, but it's a funny story. Is there any hilarious mishaps that you've had while traveling that kind of stick out in your mind? Um, having my, my, I had a credit card that, that I couldn't use and I couldn't pay for anything. And there's no way for me to contact anyone and and my uh, financial institution wasn't available and i had no access to a phone and they wanted to speak with me and and i said i could skype with you and they wouldn't do that and they wouldn't check my email and they said look at my transactions and and so you'd think that i worked in financial services and i'm now in personal finance that i would know how credit cards work and and so even placing alerts on credit card and letting credit card companies know that you're traveling to these countries, that's a that's a, a very important point. So they don't block it, is that they will still block it. <laughs> and yeah. here I here I was going, how this guy from uh, uh, the hostel staring at me going, I want to get paid. <laughs> and and I'm like, what do I do? And um there was just uh I mean eventually things worked out, but I always think about that. So now I don't just have one credit card with me, I have a couple um, just in the event of those, those things happening. Yeah. What country was that in? That was in, I was in Northern Thailand. Okay. Chiang Mai, Chiang Mai. And yeah. Thailand that charges you 180 baht, six us dollars to take money out of an ATM pro tip here. And you might use this already. The Charles Schwab high yield investor account, uh, reimburses any ATM fees. It's no foreign transaction fee when you use it at an ATM and it reimburses any ATM fees that you get charged, whether it's abroad or at home. I don't know if you, you promote that card or anything like that, but after being in Thailand five times, I finally said enough of this and I got that account and now I'm happy. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, it's, it's those little things that you don't think about. And we talk about finances on. It took me actually having to hang out with another EPOP listener, Tiffany, who was like, you got to get this card. I'm like, yeah, I do. And finally, I did. So eventually, it, it comes around. What do you have in the pipeline, Jason, that people should be looking out for, either personally or professionally? We've talked about the 30-day tour. So that's like a huge thing in and of itself. Do you have any big picture things that you guys are doing at Frugal? 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at building a, a marketplace so it makes it easier for you to find the, the products and services that align with your specific needs. So, um, I mean, that, that's down the pike towards the latter half of this year. Um, but I'm also working on my book, The Journey, the, uh, uh, through uh, the 20 countries in 12 months. And, and uh, so that's kind of one of the big projects after this, this road trip is to finally get all these thoughts. And I have 200 pages that I wrote while I was traveling that year. And um, so that is my goal over the summer is to, uh, to get that out and, and share that travel and, and all those stories in that book. What's the best way for people to find out about that book? Is it through frugal.com or is there another place they can go to keep tabs on it? Yeah, they can go to my personal website, which is jasonvita.com. Awesome. And we will link everything in the show notes, guys. Anything that we talked about, including uh, when I said, oh, we've written a podcast and a post on that, uh, we'll get it all situated for you so you don't have to go find it. Uh, you can get the show notes at extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. We'll link that up as well, Jason. And thank you so much for coming on the uh, show, for taking this idea you know, of a, of a dream lifestyle, something that we said seems very ab- abstract and really saying, here's practical bite-sized advice in how to achieve it. So just remind people one more time how they can come check out Frugal and learn more about the company. Yeah, um, definitely uh, come visit our website. It's frugal.com and spelled P-H-R-O-O-G-A-L.com um, to go check out our Q&A knowledge base as well as check out our, our personal finance blog. Follow us on, on Twitter. Uh, that's the best way you can, you can engage with, with me as well as, as the staff through uh, Twitter at, at Frugal and any of the other social media channels. Yeah, and don't forget, guys, to check out where they're going to be. Um, that's frugal.com slash road, and we will be putting that in the show notes as well. But Jason and his team might be coming to a place near you. I can't wait, Jason, until I'm like typing frugal like in a, in a post or something, and I spell it P-H-R-O-O-G-A-L. That's when you know you've hit it big time is when people start <laughs> spelling it the other way, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Jason, thanks again for joining us. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Thanks for the support and for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. We couldn't have done it without you. We couldn't have done it without awesome guests like Jason. And until next time, happy free travels. I'll show you Paris soon.